Every town has a dark side. This is Andrew Fitzgerald from the Every Town Podcast, where every single week we dive into insane and mysterious true crime stories, most of which you've never heard of. Stories like the bizarre disappearance of Tyler Davis in Columbus, Ohio, a 29-year-old father trying to find his way back to his hotel when he disappeared and was never heard from again, and Elizabeth Shove from Lugoff, South Carolina, who was abducted from her driveway by a madman and taken to his underground bunker in the woods. And we give you all the details you're interested in hearing about without any fluff or fillers, because ain't nobody got time for that. We cover everything from psychopaths to poltergeists, so go check out the Everytown podcast, because every town, no matter how nice it may seem, has a dark side. Today's episode is sponsored by LMS. You may have heard of this cult brand before, but LMS is the number one selling luxury skincare brand in Britain and offers an award-winning line of products that are proven to reduce the signs of fine lines and wrinkles, all while keeping your skin hydrated and smooth. Every groundbreaking product is an innovative blend of science with the chemistry of nature, and their much-raved-about pro-collagen marine cream is no exception. The secret to this super cream? Seaweeds, and lots of them. Elemis is known for harnessing the power of science and nature to make sure you get some serious results. This cream is clinically proven to reduce the signs of lines and wrinkles in just 14 days. With one sold globally every 8 seconds and hundreds of 5-star reviews, you know this product is an absolute winner. Want to try it and see for yourself? Click the link in the show notes and sign up to claim a sample of the Pro Collagen Marine Cream for just $10 plus free shipping. I mean, with a deal like that, you have nothing to lose. So get your free sample today, I know I am, and make sure you hurry because it's first come, first serve. There were two more murders 15 miles away. We have a weird described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. You often wonder, while listening to stories about cold-blooded killers, how they maintain the facade of a person free of guilt. On March 23, 1984, a man was born who would go on to commit a double murder in 2010. This man, between murdering his victims and dismembering and disposing of them, went on stage and gave a thrilling performance at a local community theater. So, if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. On May 21, 2010, a man named Sam Hare, just 26, was asked by a friend to help him move some equipment at the Los Alamitos Theater in California. The friend, Daniel Wozniak, had other plans for Sam. He was a desperate man who was facing eviction from his apartment, had a wedding and honeymoon to pay for, and bills piling up around him. He took his desperation and made a murderous plan. Once Sam arrived, as he bent over to pick something up, Daniel Wozniak shot him in the back of the head. Sam pleaded with his friend for help, and Daniel answered with another shot. But this wasn't enough. Daniel then used Sam's phone to text friend Julie Kabushi. She had been tutoring Sam at their local community college, and when she received his distressed text, she came willingly to help a friend. Daniel lured Julie to Sam's apartment, which was located in the same complex in which Daniel and his fiancée were about to be evicted from. There, he fatally shot the 23-year-old. 
Wishing to redirect police, he staged the crime scene to look as though Julie had been sexually assaulted and then murdered by Sam Hare. You see, prior to his death, Sam served in the U.S. Army in the Cavalry Regiment of the 173rd Airborne Brigade Combat Team. He had, since coming home, struggled with the adjustment. Daniel hoped to use this past as a way to explain why Sam would murder his good friend and flee the scene. Then, Daniel left the apartment, returned to the theater where he, alongside his fiancée, Rachel Buffett, gave a stellar performance in their production of Nine. You would never know that this powerhouse of the stage had left two bodies waiting for his next move. After he was done with his performance, he returned to Sam's body and dismembered him for disposal. So, why did Daniel murder these two young people who had their whole lives ahead of them? The simple answer? Money. All of that debt he was in? He planned to pay it with Sam's $62,000 worth of combat pay that he had been saving. Apparently, murder seemed like a simpler option than just getting a job. But before all trails could lead to Daniel Wozniak, they first led to Sam Hare, just like he planned. An enormous manhunt began for the veteran, during which, as police were trying to monitor any movement, a 16-year-old boy was caught trying to withdraw money from Sam's account. When police confronted the boy, he told them that a man named Daniel Wozniak had asked him to run this errand. Police tracked him down and arrested Daniel while at his bachelor party, just two days before his wedding. Once in police custody, Daniel made a jailhouse phone call to his future wife, begging her not to tell the police any incriminating evidence against him. She then reminded him that their call was being recorded and that she was going to call detectives as soon as she got off the phone. Daniel confessed shortly after. He then led police to the El Dorado Nature Center in Long Beach, where Sam Hare's dismembered body was dumped. The court proceedings surrounding this case lasted more than five years and ended with Daniel Wozniak being convicted and sentenced to death in September of 2016. He remains incarcerated at San Quentin Prison. But this story isn't over. Because in November of 2012, Rachel Buffett, Daniel's then-fiancé, was arrested and charged with three felony counts of accessory after the fact. According to the charges, she lied to the police about the crime multiple times. She withheld information that may have been important to the case and essentially prolonged the investigation against Daniel. But many argued that Daniel lied to her and that she simply relayed what she knew. That he was the monster and her just an innocent victim of poor judgment. I mean, she did get him to confess on a recorded call. Was that to cover up her involvement? Or was she truly just trying to do the right thing? Either way, on September 12th, 2018, Rachel was convicted of two of the three counts and sentenced to 32 months in Orange County Jail. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on March 24th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. And remember, stay safe.